My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. It's time for today's travel and cruise industry news. With the latest from travel and cruises around the world, here's your host, Chili Falls. Good morning. Welcome to travel and cruise industry news. And we had just some, when my guest for the morning popped in a couple minutes before she couldn't hear me. And it was all on my end, so I'm not sure what happened. So I had to switch around, change cameras, change microphones, do all that in about two minutes time. Anyway, welcome to Travel and Cruise Industry News. Wow, a little out of breath here. All right, we got, this is going to be, end up being maybe one of my most important shows of the year. Not only is my guest this morning an extraordinarily timely uh, subject to talk about, uh, she's also one of my favorite guests. So uh, anyway, uh, we've got several other things that we're going to discuss uh, after uh, I talk with Christy. Uh, Carnival Celebration christened. The Diamond Princess Returns. Disney Fantasy Assist Coast Guard and Rescue Operation. MSC Seascape on its transatlantic to pick me up down there in uh, Miami. Yeah. Travel to Cuba. How about that as a subject this morning? I'm excited about the information that, that actually that came from Hot Air Tom. One quick note, folks. I've talked about the the August cruise I did on uh, on Norwegian Sky as the Hot Air Tom cruise. Well, there's going to be a whole new definition to that phrase. I'm not going to talk about it today because we've got too much to do. However, the whole concept of Hot Air Tom cruise, I promise you, for almost a month, I'm going to take Cindy's place and I'm going to be the one going around the ship going, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I'm, I'm going to do exactly like Cindy does. We'll talk about that another day. All right. With no further ado, I'm going to bring in my guest this morning. Wow. She is, there's so much you can say about Christy. Uh, She's an entrepreneur. She's a travel agent. 
She's a disabilities advocate. She's a featured speaker. She uh, owns and operates Incredible Memories Travel. She's hooked up with the folks over at uh, Will the World, and they're doing an all-accessible uh, cruise and trip to Alaska for 2023. We've talked about that on this channel before. Uh, but anyway, with no further ado, uh, here's my guest, Christy Durso. Welcome back to Chili Chats. Hi, Chili. Thank you again for having me, and thank you for such kind words. I really I'm, appreciate that. Yeah. All right. We're going we're gonna to pretend a minute this morning. I also got, well, I, I'm going to end up asking you more than just the questions that I told you because I can't go without asking you about a couple other things. But anyway, we'll get to All that right. in a minute. All right. This is a, an extremely important topic for this week because so many people are going to be flying. I walk up to a uh, ticket booth at an airport. I not walk up, I roll up. <laughs> Uh, let's say that I'm on a wheelchair, in a wheelchair. And I check in and the ticket agent says, oh, we have to check the, the uh, wheelchair with the luggage. What do you respond and why and what's your backup to do that? Uh, my response is, first of all, um, this would apply to very the very slim-lined power chairs that are very, very lightweight, um, depending on their dimensions, some of them would be able to do this. This applies to manual chairs primarily, uh, but by law, according to the Air Carrier Act, a manual wheelchair can be stowed in the cabin. It is first come first serve for that closet up front, but that closet is actually not designed for the um, luggage of the flight attendants or anybody else. That closet is designated as wheelchair space. And as long as your wheelchair can either collapse and fit in it or come apart and fit in it, that that closet is for you. Now, if the airline has 100 seats or more and does not have a closet, then the airline is required to strap your seat into a chair on the plane. And if the plane is fully booked, that means that by law, somebody can be bumped from that flight so that your chair can go into the plane itself. So there are three ways that I can get my chair on the plane. The first is in that closet. That's my preferred thing. It's the easiest. But if it doesn't fit in the closet, then we try the overhead bin. And then again, if they have a, a, a hundred passenger seats or more, um, then we'll strap it in into a seat. So. Okay. Is there anything a scooter user can do? It, if it's one, there are a few lightweight scooters. So if that scooter is small enough to collapse and fit into those spaces, then they can fit into those spaces as well. But it has to be able to break down and fit into those dimensions. So the, the law is the mobility device can go into the cabin if it fits and the pilot deems it safe. Okay. My lightweight scooter that I use here at home that I can lift in and out of my car, it can collapse down. I could do that on a plane. But like my scooters that I rent from Scoot Around for my cruises. Those are too big. They're too big, even though the new ones come apart into five pieces. Right. But that would then be five things to deal with, not one. 
Well, it doesn't matter. You know, you break it down. I've had my chair in various places. Sometimes the wheels go behind the last row. Sometimes they go in the overhead, then my smart drive. Um, And anything that you put in the overhead that is medical equipment doesn't count towards your baggage allotment. And it has to be allowed in there because it is medical equipment and they need to find a space for it in the cabin if it fits. Yeah, it's just like they have to let me have my portable oxygen unit. Yes. Yes. Okay. Are they doing any better with taking care of wheelchairs and scooters that have to go in the luggage compartments? Well, um, you'll hear mixed reviews on that. In my experience and what I have seen, I'm still seeing wheelchairs get damaged. I'm still hearing about things being broken. Now, I will say the response is good the to get if something does break um, as long as you get that claim in there before you leave the airport then the response has been fantastic but they don't it still has to go up that conveyor belt to get into the aircraft which is a lot of times where the problem initiates because um, it can if it's not balanced right on there and this is especially when you're talking about some of those bigger things um, it it may not be balanced quite right. So then it falls off or when it gets in there, they don't tie them down. There's no way to secure it once in that cargo area. And that's where a lot of the breaks do happen is when we have it get in there and it's not strapped down. I think I'm pretty sure that's why before, if my chair was in the cargo, that's where it ends up getting broken is they, one time I had a foot, uh, a bolt on my chair completely sheared off. Wow. I have no idea how they did that to my foot plate. Yeah. So uh, it, it's been damaged six times in the last year on times that I couldn't fit it into the cabin. So I, I can't, as much as I'd love to say, yes, they're doing a great job now. I, yeah. I can't say uh, it. Yeah. So. All right. Well, my next question, which is over and above the main subject for today, I has to do. I mean, you know, it's in Virginia. It was 21 degrees this morning, folks. <laughs> I went out for a nice brisk walk. I, no, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm freezing to death. I need to get on a boat again soon. Well, it just happens that that ties in to my next question because you have been doing some training for Holland America, and I'm going to get on a Holland America boat here in uh, a week. Excellent. Excellent. Tell me about your Holland America experience. Well, we've had, I've been on four Holland America cruises this year. So um, two times to Alaska, one time in the Caribbean and one time uh, on the California side of Mexico. So we've, we've gone several times and each time I've been able to interact with them and we've talked about ways to make it easier to accommodate families. Uh, who have disabilities. So it's been really, really good. And we've been working on the excursion side and talking about how to better accommodate those travelers with their excursions. And I'm so excited about the partnership with Will the World. So it's official now that Holland America and Will the World have a partnership for their Alaska trip. So it's very, very exciting. We've got some wonderful accessible excursions there, and we're going to continue 
working on building out some more accessible excursions in other areas as well. So that's, that's a lot of fun, really exciting things there. Um, the big issue for me is still that tendering and still just the, the rest of the excursions. I really try to focus when I have somebody who has a mobility disability, try to get them on cruises that don't have any tendering at all because that's the easiest. But then we, we do need to talk about tendering because it can be complicated and it's, it's a little bit harder. For example, when I was on the cruise this past week, we had two tender ports. One of them was Puerto Vallarta, the other was Cabo, and Cabo is always a tender. Puerto Vallarta was listed at first as a dock location, but it ended up changing to a tender location. And when I got on the ship, they said that they would not be able to accommodate me on the tender at all. And I kind of thought at first, well, do I fight this? Do I stay on board? And I ended up that first day deciding to stay on board so that I could kind of document what there was to do if we are not able to get ashore. And so we played pickleball, we did the pool, we did the spa, that was fun. But I kept getting pictures from other people showing that they lifted wheelchairs onto the tender, so which they had told me they would not do. So that was uh, a real curiosity for me. So then when we got to Puerto Vallarta, I went ahead and went down there and it was a non-issue. They brought me down the elevator to be level at the loading station. And then they just picked up my chair and loaded it right on. So uh, it was possible to tender at least in a manual wheelchair. Right. Now, I've not ever tendered at Puerto Vallarta. I've always landed on the dock there. Yeah. So I'm I'm not that familiar with, with, with that one. What I've found with tenders is most tender boats are two levels. And if you, where you get on the tender from the cruise ship, if that matches the dock level to get off on the dock, you're okay. Now, I'm a little different than you. I can, with a little bit of nerves, go up the gangplank and onto the tender on my little scooter. Right. But it's got to be the same level. If it's a different level, then you have to go up and down the stairs. Correct. Then that, that eliminates me totally. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And if you have the ability to take steps, it's a non-issue. Like if yeah. you can take two yeah. to three steps, then you're fine. But it's people like me who aren't able to take steps when tendering that be it becomes a bigger issue because they don't want the liability. They don't want to uh, take the risk there. So, But there are a few ships where they're doing better, where they have better equipment and they're able to make that tender easier. Yeah. yeah. So. Now I'm, and I'm finding a completely mixed bag. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Exactly. One of the areas that, that, that needs more work than others are the private islands that you oh. have to tender to because that's always the different level. Absolutely. You know, I've not seen seen a, a tender at a private island that I could get to. Yeah, that is tricky. I did tender on Holland America to their to their private island. I was able to tender, but it was difficult and there were I think we did come off on an area where it had steps and they had to carry my chair down, which again, not that difficult with the manual wheelchair that a ton, but <laughs> carrying you in a manual chair is a little different 
They're carrying yeah. my big fat you know, <laughs> on a scooter. I mean, it would take a crane. See, <laughs> a couple guys can pick you up. That's fine. Right. It's it, it's not going to work for everybody. Yeah. So it depends on the equipment. It depends on the total weight. There's a lot that that has to go has to go into it in order to make that safe or even possible. So that that's kind of the big issue. And then of course, once you get to the private island, there are there's the issue. Most of them now do have the beach wheelchairs, which is fabulous. Uh, but things that they forget about, making sure there's a table that isn't in the sand, making yes. sure that there are things that I can get to to participate in, even though they have the beach. Wheelchairs, those things are very, very difficult to push. So if I'm on a girl's trip and there's not somebody with a decent amount of strength to push that beach wheelchair, then it doesn't matter that they have the beach wheelchair. Yeah. Or if you're like me and travel solo, that's, yeah, that too. that's a whole other, another can of worms. Right. All right. Because We've been I promised I would not tie you up all morning today. <laughs> I have to ask you one quick story to relate how you turned what would be just an absolute horrifying situation into something hysterically funny. Please <laughs> tell us about your bus trip from, it was in San Diego. Yeah. To, to, it was I mean, the bus trip. Anaheim to San Diego. Okay. So I, I had the distinct pleasure of joining Ms. Wheelchair America 2022 in Disneyland for a few days, which was an absolute blast. And we uh, were one of the first people to find out about the new wheelchair dolls on the Small World attraction, which we were super excited about. But then I had to get to San Diego to depart for my cruise. And I wanted to take the train but there were no more train tickets, at least not for somebody in a wheelchair, that were at a decent hour. So I thought, okay, well, it's not that long of a ride. I'll go ahead and take the bus. So I went online. I purchased my bus ticket, marked that I was a wheelchair user and that I would stay in my wheelchair on the bus. Um, and I showed up at the bus station ready to go. And the bus driver pulls in, and he starts loading everybody else. And then he comes up to me and goes, you're not on this bus. I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> And he goes, you're not on my list. And I said, well, here's my bus ticket. And I showed him my phone where it showed my ticket with the wheelchair. And he goes, they didn't tell me to expect a wheelchair. I said, well, I'm here and I'm getting on this bus. And he said, well, I don't have room for you. We can't, there's no space for your chair. And kind of looked at him and I said, huh, um, well, we're going to have to figure this out because I'm getting on this bus one way or another. So in the end, what we did, uh, because I know that I have decent arm strength, uh, he didn't move the seats because there were too many people on the bus to do that. And so all the seats stayed where they were, including the row right in front of the lift. He put me on the lift and we went up. And keep in mind, everyone, I'm wearing a dress, which kind of plays into the story. <laughs> I love wearing dresses. They're so much easier until moments like this. So I get up on the lift and the ramp to connect the lift to the bus can't go down because the seats are in the way. And so the bus driver is kind of flipping out. He's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how we're going to do this. What are we doing here? And I said, it's fine. It's fine. I'll just crawl over. <laughs> so I wheeled up as close as I could to the ramp. So it's about, it comes about up to my knees. 
pull my legs over and I'm sitting there talking to the people on the bus. There are only guys in the back of the bus. It's only guys. So I'm like, I need somebody to hold my stuff. And now I'm so sorry, guys. I'm going to flash you here. So please just, you know, be polite. Turn away. (laughs) And I pulled myself up and out and into the seat of the bus. And um, the bus driver was just kind of looking at me with this expression of, I can't believe this just happened. (laughs) But I made it into the seat and made it all the way (laughs) to San Diego. And I just have to say, I'm really, really glad I was wearing one of my favorite pairs of underwear. (laughs) I knew the story and I'm still laughing until I got tears in my eyes. (laughs) Oh, that's just terrific. Christy, Thank you so much for giving us some advice for flying this week. For those of us that are flying, I'm still driving to cruises. I don't want to get on airplanes again. Um, I'm going to have to because I'm going to Europe now. So that's, that's, I can make it one way, but I can't make it the other way. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me again. It's always a pleasure. And have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. And I hope to talk to you real soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Christy. And we'll be back with today's news after a quick break from one of our network sponsors. (laughs) Oh, that was great. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. All right, before we get to the new news for today, I have to talk a little bit more about my story from yesterday. And some of you have probably seen it. Uh, some of you uh, might have, uh, have seen it yesterday when I went uh, live uh, unexpectedly. Uh, some of you may have seen it on the uh, short uh, video uh, format uh, that I tried up last night and had uh, thousands of views. So uh, that was a good trial. But I did I did get some feedback from my European folks that I felt was worth sharing you since basically, as uh, Mike called it, my rant yesterday against uh, Fred Olson. Uh, first of all, I did hear from Louis, uh, Louise Rickson, who was on board and said the storm was just relentless. Uh, I heard from uh, my, my coach, my, my pronunciation coach, 
and uh, uh, Dennis, uh, it's Fincantieri. Is that better? That's one of the ones that I slaughter. But anyway, uh, Dennis uh, said that um, the Balmoral's captain was probably under massive corporate pressure to reach port on time. The only way to avoid the North Sea storm would have been to seek uh, calmer waters and wait it out before transitioning, and that is not so easy along the Norway to UK shipping lanes. I doubt the captain will be disciplined. That's from Dennis, who's, of course, down in Greece and knows quite a bit about any kind of sailing around Europe. And this was from my buddy Mike. Like I said, he started off, I heard him. I heard your rant from Fred Olson on the replay. Um, and this is a post from one of the passengers on board, arrived home from our first cruise with Fred on Friday. It was fabulous, attentive staff, excellent food, beautiful Balmoral. Captain Val did all he could to protect passengers from the gale force experience from Mold to Dover. Balmoral took a battering, as did the passengers, crockery, glassware, and a couple of windows. We arrived at 12.30 p.m. instead of 2 a.m. The staff were so professional, though. Well done, Fred. I'm sure we'll sell on you again. Well, I mean, I, I saw several posts like that, and I, quite frankly, I was still offended that they would take that to cruise into that storm. But now I'm softening that position somewhat. Mike goes on to say, the facts are that a Force 11 was not forecast by the London meteorology folks. We don't have a sophisticated hurricane watch service like the U.S. Uh, secondly, when Force 11 was reported, the ship was in, uh, let's see, I lost, I lost the place there for a second. The ship was in... Uh, um, the ship was in the North Sea. If you look on your globe, you'll see how little space is available and how little shelter there is. I traveled back transatlantic on Balmoral through a Force 12 near the Azores. This time there was a lot of sea space, but we couldn't outrun the storm. Also, we had to refuel in the Azores to get back to Southampton. The two tugs in the Azores were not available. One was in Madeira being repaired. The other was damaged and stuck in Sao Miguel. Uh, that's where I learned that the Balmoral can cope perfectly well with Force 12 winds, but the passengers have to listen to the captain's advice. When he says, stay in your cabin, stay there. If you can eat, room service is available, and it's free. So, okay, uh, maybe there wasn't any viable options and this thing caught him by surprise. I will soften my position on that somewhat. Uh, still, man, I just think it's terribly that's that's a terrible situation that you have to take a cruise ship full of crew and passengers into a storm like that. But yes, I will accept the fact from you guys that know more about it of sailing over there than I do. But wow, just a, a, an awful situation for everybody involved. So that's Fred Olson's I softened my objection. How's that? 
All right. Carnival uh, celebration, long-awaited naming and christening for the celebration was properly celebrated on Sunday evening, just hours after Carnival's new flagship first arrived at its home port in Miami. Wet weather and the Sunshine State did not damper the festivities, which included attendance by cruise line executives. Shipyard executives for Meyer Turku Works uh, Carnival Celebration was constructed. The ship's godmother and godfather, uh, no, godmother and godgrandmother, as well as key figures for different elements of the ship, including Emerald Lagasse, Romero Brito, and Rudy Sodomon, were in attendance via remote operation. Carnival Celebration's godmother, Cassidy Gifford, released the oversized champagne bottle that broke across the name of the ship's bow, officially christening the new ship, while confetti scattered over the assembled guests. Of the crew complement for Carnival Celebration, 50 team, team members on the new ship also worked on the original Celebration in service from eight, uh, 1987 to 2008. In fact, Carnival Celebration's captain, Vincenzo, Alcaris first served as a deckhand on the original celebration. I was, by the way, on the original celebration. After the formal naming, guests and dignitaries were treated to a special live concert from Cool and the Gang, performing, you guessed it, Celebration, the perfect song for the new ship, and one often played on Carnival Cruises. Carnival Celebration will depart Miami today on her first Caribbean sailing, a six-night Eastern Caribbean itinerary, calling on Grand Turk, the Dominican Republic, and Nassau. The ship will home port in Miami year-round, offering Eastern, Western, and Southern Caribbean itineraries. The uh, new 183,000 gross-ton flagship is the second in the LNG-powered XL class and sister to the Mardi Gras, which joined the fleet in 2021. Carnival Celebration has a guest capacity of 5,374 at double occupancy. The ship that was in the headlines for all the wrong reasons back in early 2020 has finally made a comeback. Diamond Princess welcomed guests on board for the first time since the industry-wide shutdown the ship kick-started its inaugural sailing out of San Diego yesterday and became the final ship in the fleet to return to service. The Diamond Princess is a welcome sight for the Port of San Diego by helping to increase tourism for the city and support local businesses. The port expects its busiest cruise season since 2010 as the cruise industry is back fully sailing. The vessels have shifted from sailing Alaska to further south along the U.S. West Coast. San Diego's season started on September 19th with the arrival of Star Breeze, operated by Silver Sea. Disney Wonder was the second ship to resume the season on September 23rd. Princess is expanding offerings from the port for the first time with 13 sailings. The Port of San Diego is poised to cater to 140 cruises during the season, bringing almost 460,000 passengers through the port. Diamond Princess' inaugural voyage from the, from San Diego, which uh, departed yesterday, is a seven-night Baja Mexican itinerary. The voyage includes a call to Loreto on the 23rd, 
La Paz on the 24th and Cabo on the 25th before arriving back in San Diego on the 27th. The ship will offer a series of new itineraries for 5 to 16 days, including the Mexican Riviera, California coast, and Hawaii. There will also be a one-time round-trip 20-day cruise to Central America, departing the port on November 27th. Diamond Princess will be based in San Diego through February of 2023. Disney Fantasy assisted the United States Coast Guard vessels on uh, yesterday, on Sunday, as part of a search and rescue operation when a homemade refugee craft was reported capsized in the cruise ship's vicinity. While most of the refugees were rescued, several were reported to have drowned before rescue vessels arrived. The incident occurred approximately 50 miles south of Little Touch Key, uh, the little torch key, I'm sorry, uh, putting it midway between the Florida Keys and Cuba. This area has been a common location for refugees' uh, rescues in the past few months. Several individuals were rescued, but four refugees reported to have drowned quickly when their makeshift craft capsized. While the overall weather in the area was clear, waves were averaged at six to eight feet, winds about 30 miles per hour, those conditions could be challenging for individuals to remain safely buoyant without proper gear. According to the Coast Guard, the individuals who drowned were not wearing life jackets or other flotation devices. And in a story that's uh, quite close to my heart, After being delivered to MSC Cruises last week, the MSC Seascape is starting its first voyage, set to spend the inaugural season sailing from Miami. The new cruise ship is kicking off a transatlantic crossing to the U.S., departing Chibeta Vecchia. The 17-night itinerary features visits to five different ports before arriving in New York City in early December. The city will serve as scenario for the ship's naming ceremony, which is set to take place on December 7th. According to MSC, the star-studded event will bring the company's European style and glamour to Big Apple, with the award-winning actress Sophia Loren serving as the ship's godmother. She's been known to stay on the ship after being godmother and sailing, the first sailing, which I'll be on. So uh, it would be pretty cool if Sophia Loren happens to be uh, on the boat. And I can interview her for this program. How awesome would that be? Wow, how old is Sophia Loren? I know she still looks awfully good. Anyway, all right. Pictures got eaten up again. Oh, well. All right. The final story of the day. Earlier this week, United Airlines resumed commercial passenger flights between the United States and Cuba after more than two and a half year hiatus. The U.S. carrier now offers two daily flights to Havana, 
one from Newark Liberty International Airport and one from Houston's George Bush Intercontinental Airport. The connectivity between the two countries has exploded in the past few weeks. And man, there's been no talk about this at all. As of November 2022, that's this November, four airlines are offering 147 weekly flights from the United States to Cuba. These carriers are American, JetBlue, United, and Southwest Airlines. So that got me to thinking, now wait a minute. I was under the impression that we couldn't go to Cuba. So I had to do some further research on you know, how are these uh, are the airlines flying. I thought when, when President Trump pulled the plug on Cuba travel, which also killed so many of the cruise ships that were small and could sail into Havana. They have now all been scrapped. I thought Cuba travel was dead. Um, but it apparently is not. So I did some checking and there is a wonderful resource website Travel to Cuba with a U.S. passport, 2022 rules, okay? I find some of this uh, terribly interesting. You can fly from hometown airport to Cuba on a major airline with two stops or less. You can even go nonstop from New York, JFK, from Miami, from Fort Lauderdale, and a few other cities. Cuban government allows Americans to visit their country. The restriction on reasons for travel and where you can spend money are all on American rules. So regardless of American regulations, your U.S. passport is valid in Cuba. That's one thing that you need to know. Officials in Cuba and the U.S. usually don't ask many questions, so take a deep breath and get excited about going to Cuba. Few things to keep in mind about your passport. You will need a full size passport. Passport card will not work. It's wise to make sure your passport will not expire at least six months after the date of your trip. Cuban officials do not enforce this rule, but some airlines and cruise lines do. Notice they've got cruise lines back in this as well. Maybe they know something that we don't know. You must declare a valid travel category. There's all kinds of things of interest to do this, but the bottom line, it's a self-declared category and can be things like visiting a beach or going to a museum or uh, interviewing a local artist or uh, there can be travel categories of any ilk. Uh, beaches. You're going to dance, to learn Cuban dancing. You're going for the nightlife of uh, Cuban theater, for food, for street food, for uh, any number of things. Those are all legitimate travel categories. You must get a tourist card. Cuban government requires travelers from most countries, including the U.S., to have a Cuban tourist card. That's sometimes called the Cuba visa in order to enter the country. It's easy to obtain online or through your airline, usually at the airport. 
There's detailed instructions on getting a tourist god, a, a tourist card, and a guide. The easiest way to get a Cuban visa in this resource. And the resource is called Via Hero, V I A H E R O. Get valid health insurance. Travelers to Cuba are required to have Cuban health insurance. This one I, did, I had no idea about. The easiest way to get this is at the airport in Havana. They'll have a booth set up before customs where you can purchase a policy for just a few dollars for per travel day. And you must prepare an itinerary for where you're going to be in Cuba. Uh, anything that's full-time on the schedule is six hours per day is considered full-time. If you're visiting independent museums, talking with local artists, or getting to know your uh, casa hosts, then you can spend a Saturday afternoon at the beach or taking an independent tour without worrying. Okay? You do have to put on the itinerary if you're going to spend six hours doing something in particular. There is a restricted list from the U.S., not from Cuba. The restricted list uh, is one of the most recent rules released regarding travel to Cuba. It's maintained by the U.S. State Department, and it lists organizations with connections to the Cuban military. Americans are not allowed to spend money at any business on this list. It cannot stay. You cannot stay at any of the hotels. You cannot eat at the restaurants. You cannot work with any of the travel companies. If they're on the restricted list, folks, stay away. Don't run the risk of screwing it up. The other thing is keep detailed records and receipts because you could be called on to prove how you spent your money and where you spent it for five years after you return from Cuba. I found this absolutely fascinating. I had no idea that we were moving back toward travel to Cuba. Was not aware of the airlines that are now flying to Cuba. And maybe, just maybe, a day will come where we'll see cruises back to Cuba. And you know, I was on two that got canceled when President Trump pulled the plug. So, I'd like to go myself. All right, that's the end of the news portion of today. Let's see who's fussing at me today. Amy's with us. Hi, Amy. Kenneth's with us up in Pennsylvania. There's Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Robert's with us. He says, hey, everyone. Happy Monday. Good news, Chile. The Epic Cruises are upgraded to balcony, and we got the handicapped accessible room and some cabin for both cruises. Very nice. Hot air, Tom. I am uh, really looking forward to that. And yes, folks, I realize it's not until the spring of 2025. But we're looking at, if any of you might be interested in joining us, obviously a major expenditure to do, you know, 20, we're, Tom, Hot Air Tom and I are doing, I think it's 27 days total on the ship, a couple days in New York, a couple days in Rome. Um, 
but we got lots of time, folks. Uh, just like I'm going to do. I'm going to set aside like 100 bucks a month so that when the time comes for make the final payments, I got the money sitting here. Wait. So, yeah. And that's terrific news, uh, Hot Air, that you were able to upgrade, up, upgrade us and get us to a, uh, in a handicapped accessible room. That'll give me room to be able to charge my scooter without running over your foot. Nikki's with us. Hi, Nikki. Hot Air says hello to everybody. Sonny's here. Hi, Sonny. Hi, everyone. Hi, Christy. Christy, I just love her to death. Oh, my goodness. And the story about her in the dress on the bus. Oh, my goodness. I, that was hysterical. I mean, I would be just absolutely panicked in that situation, folks. I admit it. And she just handles it like it's nothing. Uh, and turn around and make it something you can laugh at. So, Joanne's with us. Frozen like Elsa. Yeah, man, it is cold. I, I don't know, you know, 21 degrees here this morning. Yeah, and no, I did not go out walking. <laughs> of course, I can't walk anyway. One about 10 feet. Incredible memories travel. That would be. That would be. Christy is in the audience. The picture. Oh, the picture of the, the ship yesterday. Yeah. Chili, she's always a great guest to have. I agree. Kenneth, she's wonderful. Eddie's with us. Yo, yo, Brooklyn in the house. Good morning, everybody. Eddie says. I can't imagine the waves going over the top of the ship. That's crazy. Yeah, and I tell you, I was, but I, I wasn't upset. I even said that when I, my first broadcast, and yeah, it was a rant that if some of you guys that are over there know more about it than I do, please let me know, and they did. So that softens it some that, that, that came up. They didn't know about it. I'm thinking they had to know about it ahead of time. So, okay, they, they got crappy weather over there. Uh, but then I can also see where there's just not much of any place between, you know, Maldi and, and, uh, and the UK to hide. So, yeah, I don't know. That's just, I know people like to go for the Northern Whites, but maybe this time of year with those kinds of storms, not the safest thing to do. I don't know. I, I just, I have very mixed opinions about that, but still. Your story on American Airlines was awful. They treated you incredibly glad. Glad you made your connection. That's, that's a whole nother story I could have gotten into. Well, because that, that was, uh, yeah, that's another great place. I might even use that post on uh, on the website uh, one day because that'll make all post just that story alone from Christy. It's another terrific one she's had on her Facebook page. Sonny says, yo, yo, Eddie, I'm still looking for a hotel in New Orleans. Looking at trip advisory reviews. There's nowhere that doesn't have a bed bug. Double, triple room charges, break-ins, and stuff items from rooms. She's 
I've almost decided, Sonny, that, you know, I'm driving. I'm probably going to stop several hours short of New Orleans rather than going in and staying the night before the cruise. I'm probably going to stop short a couple hours to drive in that morning. I've got to find parking. One of the things I hope to do today is to contact the port in New Orleans and see if they have valet parking uh, for handicap. Um, so I'm, I haven't made a final decision on that, but I'm looking right now. Uh, Robert says Cuba would be fantastic to visit. Yeah, and I'm thinking with all this movement from people that I wasn't expecting it from, maybe there's things going on that we're not aware of. I mean, I've been, you know, I've fussed about Biden on and not moving back toward Cuba. I mean, I realize he's been busy with some other things. I understand that. But I've been critical of the administration, and maybe they've been doing it behind the scenes and under the radar all along that I was totally unaware of. I mean, that's very possible, folks. I don't, you know, I'm not one that has the biggest connections in the world. Uh, I am impressed, just sent the news on uh, United in Cuba this morning, Chile here tonight for quick research. Well, I saw that story and I jumped all over it. So, 30 in a wake up. There he is. How you doing? Nine days in a wake up. Tell my Panama Canal cruise on Princess. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be on the, uh, I'm going to be on um, Holland America's new Staten Dam on December the 3rd and then on MSC Seascape on December the 11th. That's my next uh, uh, journey. So I'm going to be on uh, on the ships about the same time you are. Of course, you're going to be in the Panama Canal, and I'm going to be in the Eastern Caribbean, but uh, be on the same days. Cindy, Cindy, come on, tongue. Cindy says I stayed at Place Darms in New Orleans a few years ago. Small rooms, but no negative feedback. I mean, you know, I'd have plans for that Euro trip. Is France involved at all in this cruise? Yes, we're staked. Uh, both parts of it stop at Cannes uh, down on the you know the French Riviera. Uh, and when I say both parts of it, we got the transatlantic cruise, which ends up in Chavetta Vecchia. I'm saying that wrong, uh, and I don't remember. Uh, that's one that Dennis corrected me on because I've been saying it wrong. Kvetovecchia. I don't remember. Anyway, Dennis corrects me and I get it right for a time or two and then I forget. I'm getting old. But anyway, uh, but so you got the transatlantic. Uh, once it gets over there, a couple of stops in Portugal, uh, cons. Barcelona, a couple of stops in Italy, and then we do the Greek Isles cruise, 
which also circles back around and goes back to Cannes and back to a couple other places in Italy uh, and then back into Cvetovecchia or how you, however you say it. Cvetovecchia. No, that's not right. I can't remember. I'm sure Dennis will send me Cvetovecchia spelled out again for the proper pronunciation. Hotter says Chile loves Slidell. I did stay in Slidell. That was where we, I, I had the, uh, the tornado aimed right at my head. Uh, yeah, that was a, but that, the hotel was nice. So uh, I might look into that as well, because that's not that far. Uh, if I can find a, an adequate parking close to the port, then they will handle, you know, people like me. A very cool can't wait for our passenger to cross absolutely we're going to end up on a cruise together one of these days i promise you transatlantic departs march 31st that's march 31st 2025 stopping in santorino oh, the second no I'm, uh, yeah it was stops in bermuda ponte de gato lisbon barcelona Cannes, the morno naples and then in Chivetavecchia. second cruise is Chivetavecchia stopping in santorini uh, Piraeus, that's uh, Athens, uh, Mykonos, Corfu, Valletta, that's Malta, Messina, Naples, Livorno, and Cannes, back in France again, and ends up back in Chimetabecchia. So, one's a 16-day, and one's an 11-day, I think it ends up on uh, April 27th, I want to say, in Rome. Uh, so, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Uh, tomorrow or another day. So, all right, guys, that's going to wrap me up for today. Uh, it's been a really, to me, it's been a really good show. My special thanks again to Christy. Goodness knows, I love her to death. Honest to goodness, I do. She's another one I want to end up on a trip with one of these days. I think that would be fantastic. So, it's, I can learn so much from her. It's just amazing. Anyway, thank, special thanks uh, to Christy for being with us today. And uh, and all of you guys for being here. I do appreciate it. Uh, that's it for today, guys. I'll be back tomorrow. We won't do a show on Thursday. No show at all for the holiday. But I will be here the rest of the week. And Wednesday afternoon, we're going to do the Cruise Amigos a day early. Uh, because of the holiday. Uh, so that's going to wrap it up for today. As always, folks, stay safe, stay healthy, think about cruising, and hopefully one day soon we'll all get together on the high seas. This is the old fat travel guy. Have a fantastic day, y'all. I regularly post videos on all facets of the travel and cruise industry, so if you like to keep up with the latest in cruise ships, ports of call, cruises themselves, chilly chats, and travel and cruise industry news, just hit the little subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner, hit the bell notification so you'll be notified when a new video is up or we go live. This video was produced by Chili's Cruises. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. 
Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be.